All right, welcome, welcome back. To, welcome. Oh, hello. <laughs> you you used it in the first <laughs> the first fifteen seconds of the show. You used yep. it. It was it you was used. the perfect moment. <laughs> Nothing welcome better will happen from here. Welcome into Run the Draw. This is week uh, seven. Um, we're we're using a new platform to record this episode, which has uh, given us the potential to use uh, a soundboard. We just discovered this, so it's not too robust this week. But I can promise you that we're going to ound ound. Hmm. We're going to add some sound drops in the future. <laughs> All right, I'm done. Hold on. That's, that's Carl Lewis everybody messing up. <laughs> My God. A little behind the scenes. Here's what we got here. We got that. We got this. We added this. And then we got Play this. That. It's like grooving bass line. Is, it, is right. it called that or that's just your description of it? It's called intro slash outro. Okay. Um, <laughs> since it's really short, I feel like I spoke over it. Can you hit me with that Carl Lewis one more time? That's Carl Lewis singing the national anthem and messing up Rocket's Red Glare and then going, oh. Yep. Uh, Wow. Strangest start ever, possibly. Uh, Usually I open the show. We didn't discuss it this time, but you've got the controls on your side of the internet. So that's probably where the miscommunication happened. That makes sense. Well, in the spirit of uh, sharing, why don't you go and go ahead and tell the fine folks who are sponsored by this week? Sure. Uh, this week, uh, we are brought to you by Under Armour. Ooh. Uh, they also sponsor South Carolina football. Um, so yeah, Under Armour. Uh, use code Run the Draw checkout, and you can buy gloves that work when they're wet, uh, which is something they don't offer to anybody, apparently, even the University of South Carolina. So. Even teams that pay. Millions of dollars for the sponsorship. That's exactly right. So hmm. run the draw, check out waterproof gloves. Well, since we're uh, cinch, hmm? since we're swapping it, uh, follow us on Twitter at run the draw rate and review us on iTunes or in the Google play store. Send us an email at run the draw podcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on delectable where we post uh, nothing yet. Follow us on Grinder. Swipe right on swipe right. I've never used those apps. Which way do you swipe? Left or right? Uh, right is generally the good direction. Yeah. Okay. Swipe right on us on all dating apps. Yeah. And uh, check out our website, runthedraw.com. Yeah. What are you drinking? Uh, I just finished it uh, literally 12 seconds ago. I'm drinking. Um, I'm actually pulling up Delectable to see what I'm drinking, and it's actually not going to help me. It's an orange wine. Um, I don't know what it's called. Is that an orange wine like a a? Uh, I hate using this word, but I'm going to use it. A hipster orange wine, or this is an orange wine like a redneck orange wine. <laughs> uh, this is a prison orange wine, so I'll let you just decide where where that where that lays for you. No, uh, it's a hipster orange wine is a skin contact 
white wine. So this is skin contact. This ain't this ain't making wine out of oranges, right? <laughs> grape skins, not orange skins. I uh, I had a grape skin contact wine this last week, but uh, I'm gonna wait till the end of the show to share that with you. Great. Uh, it was pretty tasty, and at some point I'll remember the name or find it. Well, um, I am drinking a passion fruit essenced sparkling water oh, wow. from friend of the podcast Lacroix. Oh wow! Uh, you're pulling no alcohol pull in it. Yeah, you're pulling an Aaron Luther here. I am doing a U. Yeah, I'm sorry. How's that feel? Uh, it feels pretty good. I had. How long have you been uh, sober? Um, it's 7 p.m. Yeah. Three hours? Perfect. Three hours. Oh my God, what's happening? Oh my God. (laughs) How many times did you click it? Uh, Apparently I clicked the repeat button, which will make it repeat forever. And just, just, just to make sure as we find out the interface here, let's just, just everybody hold tight for a second. Yeah. Hit me with that. Uh Oh, on repeat. You got to. Oh, it's not going now. There it goes. Okay. Um, this podcast just got so much better. Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, Should we talk about some games? Yeah, let's do it. Um, um, Miami? Miami. Miami beat FSU, uh, as they well should, and as they did last year. But they also almost lost. This game was way closer than it should have been. And Miami maybe got a little bit of a lucky break on a bad call where there was confusion and disagreement over whether it was a forward pass or backwards pass or what have you. Yeah. And so this is just your weekly reminder that college football should put a fucking chip in the ball. It's really the only reason why I wanted to mention this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, FSU was up 27-7 and lost this game. So good job. Yeah. This is one of those like rivalry games where even when the, you know, like Auburn, Alabama or whatever, we're like, even when the team's bad, it like doesn't matter. FSU is really bad, right? Yeah. They're, uh, yeah, they're really bad. Uh, I think they had something like 40 yards in the second half or something. Like it was something really, really, really bad. Um, So that's it. They have an okay defense. (laughs) Um, The rest of it is, is in real trouble. So um, yeah. And Jimbo, you know, Jimbo left this team to get a huge raise. Uh, So good, good job there, I guess. Good. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Not a bad call. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose. Um, yeah. That said, FSU only had 200 yards in this game total, so they deserve to not win. De- deserve to lose? Yeah. That's probably fair. Yeah. Um, well, everyone knows this is, a, this is a Utah State podcast. Yeah. How, how'd they do this weekend? Uh, well, this week was hate week. And uh, it went we well like for hate. us. We like Hayton. And uh, our our beloved Aggies won 45 to 20. 
Um, this is so, fun. Yeah. Did you watch the, the Friday night game? I like these Friday night games. Yeah, I so to be honest, I saw bits and pieces of it. I didn't get to see all of it. Um, but man, what a it's one of those things. It's it's a real beat down score wise, but um, not so much in the rest of the stats, except for except for one key one, uh, which is turnovers. Ah, uh, those are key. Also, quarterback Jordan Love had five touchdowns, which is a lot for one person. That's. I that's, mean, granted, he he does start every play with the ball in his hands, but sure, that's a pretty good for a team, really. Also right? true. Most teams are going to take that five and, and and bank that. So, dude, Friday night football games are like when you go to a restaurant and you order your drinks and you're like picking stuff out from the menu and you order things and then like the kitchen sends something out that you didn't order. <laughs> Right. <laughs> That's Friday night college. But football. like in a good you're way. Like, oh. Yeah. You're like, a, oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't not like they fucked your order up. Like they they're friends with you and they're like yeah. wanted to send this out for you. So, wanted to wet your palate with a little avocado toast with shaved truffle. Yeah. It's not like when you go to Popeyes and you're like, um, I'm gonna get a number three and uh a Coke and uh I'm going to get corn and fries with that. And they're like, cool. And then they hand you like a po' boy and a sweet potato pie and a Sprite. And you're like, this is actually just as good. So this worked out. Uh, it's the more intentional way where you like know people kind of thing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the, the bad version of what you just said. No. Is not liking cheeseburgers. Here's a here's a pro tip from someone who unfortunately grew up really picky and just didn't want cheese on his hamburgers because I'm I have fucking issues. You all you cheese lovers out there have been overpaying for cheeseburgers. Because every fucking fast food establishment will put cheese on a hamburger that you didn't pay for. Yeah. Because apparently no one orders hamburgers. So when you order a hamburger, they're just like, ah, I'd probably have a cheeseburger. Dude, growing up as a little kid, I'd be like, I'd have it. I'll like a hamburger. And then they're like, here's your cheeseburger. Yeah. And it's like, it's like being from South Carolina. And then you like move to Seattle and they're like, oh, where, where'd you move from? And you're like, oh, I moved here from South Carolina. And they're like, oh, that's great. What part of North Carolina? And you're like, but what? It's just so like I, al- I also grew up a very picky eater, but I hate condiments to this day. So I'd be yeah. like, yeah, I just want a plain hamburger. And they'd be like, okay, cool. Uh, ketchup, mustard, and raw onions on it. Got it. Done. Um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> thanks. This is going like, right in the trash. <laughs> those are condiments. Yeah. Those are all of them also. Do you um, like condiments for dipping? No. Really? I don't I don't really like them, period. Yeah. Um, even a, I feel like maybe even aiolis? Yeah, especially aiolis. So wow. mayo or hip or if you're a hipster aioli uh is the worst or if you're a redneck areola <laughs> uh, no no <laughs> uh yeah those are those are the worst for me um that said my son my youngest son is uh allergic to dairy and oh, which is I didn't know which is actually more precocious than just not liking it um, but pretty often we have the same thing. We're like, oh, we just want a plain hamburger. And they're like, cool. And we get a cheeseburger and I'm like, oh, great. Now my son just can't eat. Like he just can't yeah. eat this. Super um, annoying. So, 
Super annoying. But it's crazy because they charge more for the cheeseburger. So let's definitely not fuck that up every time. Yeah. I mean, it's one way if if you if you like cheese but don't love it, it's one way to save thirty cents per transaction potentially. That's true. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh getting things you didn't ask for, South Carolina beat Missouri thirty seven to thirty five. Uh, in quite possibly the craziest game of the season, I think is yeah. probably safe to say. Um, um, let's talk about this. So this know, game, I don't even know where to start. I, I mean, I think the big story of this game is uh, there was a monsoon, apparently only over Williams Bryce Stadium. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you like people who are in Columbia were like it only rained at the stadium, uh, but if yeah. you watch this game on TV, it it like. Uh, the clock stopped working. The the um the coaches' communications, headsets. the headgear stopped working. Yeah. yeah, um, you couldn't really see. I think some they took the cameramen down from the high spots because of lightning concerns. Um, so like parts of the third and fourth quarter look like uh, like they were filmed. Like it might as well have been like an Instagram live. It was like um, security cam footage of someone like stealing a car, and like the second they drive out of frame, it it like. Switches to the other corner of the building. Yeah. And also, um, (laughs) there, okay. So as, as South Carolina fans, there was some good from this game, but boy, there was some really not good from this game. And I'm going to say the biggest part of that was, uh, uh, the two, (laughs) the two, so, uh, special teams miscues. (laughs) Oh my God. <laughs> South Carolina has had no business winning this game. Um, South Carolina is outgained in yardage. Um, uh, Missouri had two turnovers. South Carolina only had one, but that doesn't really count because South Carolina also turned the ball over on downs twice on fucked up punts. Um, time of possession is even. Missouri has five more first downs than South Carolina. I mean, really, South. This is. Statistically, sort of, we had no business winning this yeah. game. If you look at this, I, uh, um, uh, Bill C. from SB Nation, who is an advanced stats guy and a Missouri alum and fan, was just beside himself because I, I, I think he's, I think if you just look at the stats, Missouri had like a 90% chance of winning this game. Yeah. Um, and that feels like a low prediction if you watched it. <laughs> yeah, although let's be honest. So uh, Mizzou throws in the torrential downpour. I mean, it like, yeah. ridiculously rainy Mizzou threw a pick six from like their own 10. So, I mean, that accounts for not having to put a whole drive together. That's true. Yeah. Um, which is pretty significant. Um, and also the, to the, to like our defense's credit, we, they, they had like, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck this up cause I don't have the stats in front of me, but I want to say they had like eight or nine trips into the red zone. And only scored touchdowns on like what three of the trips into the red zone. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, like like South Carolina had really great red zone defense. This was so weird, man. Um, we're doing a maybe not the most like linear or chronological <laughs> description of this game, but. It's fitting. Uh, first of all, Jake Bentley doesn't play. So South Carolina is playing their backup quarterback who has basically zero playing time ever. He threw like a handful of passes in the Coastal Carolina game. And that's basically it, except for one pass he threw against Louisiana State in like 
fucking when Steve Spurrier was our coach still. <laughs> Seriously. He yeah. had like his career passing yards was like seven attempts. So he comes in and like freaking plays really well. I think plays for sure within his skill set, And I think for the most part, doesn't do anything too crazy. Yeah. Uh, didn't throw an interception. Uh, he was 20 of 35 for 250 yards passing three touchdowns and averaging seven yards a pass. Like, uh, all right. Yeah. Um, only we, sacked we, once. <clears throat> yeah. We rushed for 128 yards. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, Anyways, so hold on. About this game being chaos. Mizzou jumps out to a big lead. Then it starts pouring, and apparently torrential downpours are our superpower or something. And so then we catch up, and then it stops raining, and then Mizzou starts doing good again, and then there's a lightning delay. And we come back from the lightning delay with fucking two minutes left. And Mizzou hits a 57-yard field goal with like a minute 15 left. And basically everyone's like, well, we lost. And then the backup quarterback with no experience drives the field in a minute and 15. And Parker White hits a 37-something-yard field goal to win it with like two seconds remaining on the clock. Yeah. Very odd. Any other weird things you want to mention in this game? There was a weird interception. There was a 70-yard touchdown run by Missouri that got called back that was questionable. Yeah. Um, I think the big thing um, that I noticed was that nobody was fucking wearing gloves in parental <laughs> downpour. The fuck is going on? You hated this. We had a group chat going with friend of the podcast, Shad. And I think you texted about the gloves like four times. People were just dropping the ball and they weren't wearing gloves. Like the, I've never worn like a, a modern football receiver glove. Right. But I know one thing about them that people say they're like, you can catch anything with these. Right. Yeah. Right. But fucking put like, it's wet. Like everything is like people were sliding put on like, do they like, are they just complete? Like, do they turn to like, are they slick when they're wet? Is it like the opposite effect when they're wet? No, I like I've actually, I think you get them wet to get them. You get them a little damp to get them, but I don't know what happens if you just dunk them in a bucket of water. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but so this play, is probably they're not the same. But I play goalkeeper in soccer, and I wear gloves, and and like yeah, I pour water on them and like pat them together before I play if yeah. it's dry out. And like, well, maybe it changes how that works if the ball's also wet. I mean, maybe I I just can't imagine it being. I I I mean, I honestly just can't imagine the calculus being like, nope, going to take them off. They're hurtful. <laughs> <laughs> like they make it more difficult. I I don't know. I I was I was utterly shocked by this, and I'm still not over it. And this is the hill I'm going to die on uh, this college football season. Well, so now that we've talked about the wacky things in this game, I have one question before we move on to our stuff section. Yeah. Do you think we have a quarterback controversy on our hands? Uh, I I think we do. It it seemed like we kind of did going into this, and then it. And then Bentley has this magical knee injury. Was it knee? Correct. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I think I, th- I think we, I can't see any reason we don't have it now. Um, I can, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think we, well, I think we should. Yeah. I don't know if we will. Um, 
I mean, there's a reason Jake has been the starter and I don't, you know, obviously probably a way more highly touted recruit. I think the backup, Michael Skarnecchia, walked onto the team. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's why, or I don't know, maybe Bentley looks better in practice. <clears throat> but uh, the the hard thing to tell is that Mizzou's pass defense is legitimately bad. It's been bad all year. Yeah. So I don't know how much better that made him look, but his passes were on the money. And he threw the ball away a couple times, which was good. And frankly, Jake has forced, tried to force some crazier passes than Skarnakia did this whole game. Yeah, so I agree with that. But the one thing, how many how many balls were dropped in the Kentucky game? It was like seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if like most of those get caught, uh, Bentley's stat line is significantly different. Um, totally. But so I, I, yeah. Well, I just, I was going to say that I think the one thing about Bentley is I think, and I don't know why he does this because it almost feels sometimes like he's got two personalities. He sometimes tries to force the ball into spots where like he totally shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I almost feel like this is kind of like that game management argument, right? Where it's like, how good of a quarterback is that person? Or are they just a really good game manager? They're just like, there's something to be said for Skarnakia, maybe knowing his, knowing where his limits are and just saying like, I'm going to get rid of the ball and like live to see another day, even if that means we punt or even if that means we go for it on fourth and short. I mean, I know for a fact that Jake with all the best intentions tried to force some balls and he shouldn't have um, against Kentucky that resulted in interceptions. I mean, that's a fact. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and, and uh, just a little bit, but Skarnecchia reminded me a little bit of Connor Shaw um, who is South Carolina's greatest quarterback ever, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like, undoubtedly. So, um, and, and that was, you know, Connor's senior season. I think he had a one to one touchdown to uh, incompletion ratio at one point. Or, and, Just you know, crazy. didn't throw, yeah, he like didn't throw an interception until week 10 or something like that. Yeah. He so, won the whole season. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. So, um, that yeah. that is how that is how a team like South Carolina can beat teams like Georgia and Alabama and Auburn and LSU and Florida and all these things is to not fucking give the ball up. So um, yeah, totally. So I think we have yeah I th- I think we have a controversy. And I think it's a rightful one, and uh, I hope they figure it out in the next few days before we play Texas A and M. Yeah, I mean, frankly, just based on the performance of Skarnakia alone, I would say the only reason to not play him again would be if you think Jake is 100%. And then the coaches have more information to go on than we do. But if if Jake's at 90%, I think you still go with Skarnikia. Yep. Okay. Uh, yeah. Want to talk about stuff? Let's move into stuff. What happened? What stuff happened? Uh, what stuff happened? There was a lot. Um uh, five teams lost in the top fifteen, top fourteen. Uh, I think that was probably yeah. the big, the big overall storyline from the week, right? Yeah, this didn't really feel like one of those chaos weekends where you're like, "Whoa, everyone's losing." Yeah. But those five teams you mentioned in the top fourteen, they all got beat by teams that were ranked behind them or not ranked at all, right? Which is kind of weird, but it but it still didn't feel like a chaos weekend, did it? No, none, none of those felt super. Uh, 
like Florida beating LSU does not feel like groundbreaking. Texas beating Oklahoma also not insane. Texas A&M beating Kentucky felt like it like felt normal. should have happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mississippi State beating Auburn felt a little weird, but I, I was pretty skeptical of Auburn. Um, yeah, yeah. And then Utah yeah. beating Stanford, also not. <laughs> really? I think that one's pretty surprising. They it's beat a, them 40 to 21. That's yeah. pretty, I don't know. No, it's a big win. I, it, I, I just don't know what Stanford, I, you know, Stanford, if Stanford had lost that Oregon game, which they were, you know, uh, very close to losing, like it took a miracle then we wouldn't, we would be, you know, a hundred percent less surprised by this. Um, but they, they did end up eking out that game, but it doesn't, it doesn't make up for the fact that they're still uh, a very flawed team, you know? Um, what was the biggest surprise to you out of these? Was it Utah Stanford? Hmm. Man. I think I was actually fairly surprised by most of them. Um, I wasn't surprised by A&M Kentucky. Um, honestly, I think maybe you were not surprised by this game, but I think the Florida LSU game was surprising. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then Mississippi state Auburn was pretty surprising just because it felt like Mississippi state was on this like downward trajectory, possibly influenced in my mind by friend of the podcast, Shelly. Yeah. Just because <laughs> she's tweeted us just like bemoaning the bulldogs. But I think I'm not surprised that like LSU didn't put up a ton of points, but I'm kind of surprised that like Florida, I'm not really ready for Florida to be good again already. Right. You know? Yeah. I don't, so I don't I think mean, I'm so- not saying it is like transitive properties of football, right? So like LSU is not that great. So does Florida need to be ranked? Yada, yada, yada. And Florida's like we're okay that Florida lost to Kentucky because it turns out Kentucky's good, but yeah. What if they're um, not? I don't know. Yeah. This uh, just quick note on the um, I don't know if you remember this, but ten years ago now, uh, two thousand eight, oh, Auburn God. played Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember this game? Probably not. Two thousand eight. Uh, let me think. It's famous for one thing. It's famous for five things. Oh, five overtimes? No. <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, the uh, total score? Was it three to two? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did not go to five overtimes. <laughs> no. I do remember this game. Yes. What a disaster. Um, so, <clears throat> retribution. How far we've come? Side. How far we've come? <sighs> How's um, Colorado doing? Hey, they're undefeated. Hey, uh, who have uh, they played? Best one of the season, Arizona State. Yeah, at least that's Which who is, they played this weekend. If if you can if if you're a fan of this podcast, that's a big win, I think. Right. That's I mean that's the best one of the year. I mean, Herm Edwards is from the NFL. I think that's I think that says something about <laughs> something. That's basically all I have to say about Colorado. But before this, their victories, they're undefeated. They're 4-0, but their teams they had beaten, I think I said this last week, had combined to win one game. So they have like quadrupled that number now. Yeah, now they have like a transitive top 25 win at least, or maybe two. Yeah. 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 Um, I didn't see this. I'm just going to read it out loud and let you take it. Uh, (laughs) Oklahoma guy rammed his hand in Texas guy's butt. 
this is yeah Cam. that wasn't that wasn't a football thing i just wanted to oh. <laughs> tell you about something i saw on the internet great um i i'm sorry so, i'm re- real quick i'm reading this and all i'm seeing like it's almost like i'm drunk and my my vision is blurry or it's like a magic uh-huh. eye and i read that yeah. sentence but all i'm seeing is texas is back <laughs> yeah it's a it's that's what that was my intent when i typed that sentence good work um there's a shot a gif a video there's something on the internet of uh oklahoma player like just ramming is probably the best way i can think of it his hand uh between the dude's legs from that place for texas who's on the ground with his he's uh face down and then texas guy clenches his legs together really quick Clemson got called out for this on the internet last year for doing it against South Carolina. Um, yeah. I can't remember his name, but they had this linebacker that was a big fucking dork that was doing that. And I was just curious what your thoughts were on this topic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, so to it's, be more specific, it's not great. I mean like, <laughs> it's not great. Like, like dirty under the pile stuff under the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, so, but specifically related to dudes, like gooches and yeah no, un- I, undercarriage. So um I'm gonna be like totally honest and transparent here. Uh I think it's really terrible. It's not good. Uh but when I was roughly college football age and I played competitive hockey, um I would do things th- they weren't they were similar, but like I there was sort of a layer of separation because it wasn't just like my hand like I would, um, like for example, I, you know, I was a goalkeeper and you know, if I, if I sort of like went down and I'd covered a puck up, I would sort of pop up real quick and just sort of like, uh-huh. you know, sort of unexpectedly and like do it in a way where like my stick might pop a guy like in the nuts. <laughs> right. Nice. Which is the, it's essentially the same thing. It's like a dirty cheap shot. Right. That's, that's not kind like. Of it's not going to like knock anybody out of a game. It's just going to make you angry and it's just going to like get in your head a little bit. And it's also in a way that like, I'm not going to get called for a penalty ever. Um, but again, I feel like there's a, you know, maybe I'm just validating what I did, but like there's, I feel like there's definitely when you're just taking a hand and putting it on a person like that, it's, you're sort of in a different space. Um, and I think, I don't know. I don't think it's great. You know, these guys are getting concussed and, blowing out ACLs and it's like, Oh yeah, I made a great tackle. And then like somebody jammed their finger up my butt. Like this is terrible. So yeah, it's kind of a weird move. Yeah. What do you think? So you, and and you were a high school wrestler. So I feel like this is way more in your, (laughs) in my wheelhouse, in your wheelhouse than mine. So I'm curious to know what you think. So I wrestled, I don't know, at a fairly high level in high school. And this was not a thing that high quality wrestlers did, but it was definitely a thing that like, people did that were not you know like no no great wrestler was doing this kind of stuff right um and so it it happened to me in a match more than once and it usually would result in me taking depending on what position you're in like if if you're not being held down so to speak uh like i had i was on top one time and a dude did it and i like just stood up and was like what the fuck are you doing? And then looked at the ref and he was like, uh, and they, they, they gave him a penalty. They gave me a penalty. They gave, called him for a penalty and gave me a point for it. 
and then I pinned him like a minute. I mean, he sucked, but nice. um, it was his way of getting to try to get me to stop pinning him. I don't know. Super weird, but unrelated to your junk and your, and to your, your butt, there's this kind of thing in wrestling too. And I'm for the most part for it, just not related to like your genitals. Right. Like, if there are little tricky things that I can like put your thumb in a position, I mean like there are a whole bunch of rules in wrestling that like I, you can't grab fingers on their own cause then you can break them. So you have, if you're going to grab fingers, you have to grab three. Um, wow. so there's like things that like, like the second I grab a finger, they're like, they call it, they're like beep, can't do that. Um, but there's little things you can do or like you can kind of jam your thumb into someone's ribs or whatever. Like there's little tricks like that where it's un- uncomfortable. Right. Um, and I'm for it. That's fine. Yeah, I think that's fine. Uh, but I just, I, I, but stuff. Out. I don't know why, like in 2018, you want to be on camera with your hand up the dudes. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, it's kind of real weird. Yeah. Also, yeah. Also you, some awareness that like all of these games are televised, um, from multiple angles, uh, recorded on dude, people's cell phones, et cetera. Like people are going to know you did this. Dude, a fan in the stadium makes a jerk off motion going into commercial and it's on Twitter on loop before the game comes back from the commercial break. <laughs> right. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we talked about that. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, don't do that. Notre Dame. <laughs> Speaking of butt stuff, Notre Dame is back, huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I feel everything I just said, just replace Notre Dame as good at football again. And the same sentiment. Um, they, they dude, we should make shirts that just say, "Speaking of butt stuff, go Notre Dame." <laughs> it's, I'd, yeah, they're good. They're number six. They're probably going to be number four by the time uh, the dust settles on the weekend. And I can't think of any reason they shouldn't be. Um, well, I have one reason. What's that? Unrelated to their play on the field. Okay. So Notre Dame went and played Virginia Tech this weekend in Blacksburg yeah. and they came out with a victory. Believe it or not, teams win in Blacksburg, not named Virginia Tech. You wouldn't know it. Um, but everyone knows that people hype up the games in Blacksburg. They hype up Virginia Tech's entrance with Inner Sandman. We've made fun of that on the podcast a couple times, or I have at least, because um, I'm kind of curmudgeon when it comes to Virginia Tech. And Notre Dame football's official Twitter account um, had done a pretty funny job of making fun of the Inner Sandman song. Oh, yeah. Um, and just like made fun of like um, that it's, you know, we're not scared of Inner Sandman or whatever. So they did shit like they tweeted, they just tweeted exit Sandman. Uh <laughs> And then they, what else did they do? Um, sorry, I retweeted it from our account. Um, God, they tweet a lot, huh? They tweet like GIF for like every play. I'm scrolling through their, um, so anyway, they, they tweeted something about like, basically like exit Sandman is basically a pretty good description of what they tweeted. And then they tweeted it like during the game. And then, and I was like, I actually thought it was really funny. I was like, this shit's hilarious. So I retweeted it from the Run the Draw Twitter. And then they kept doing it. 
and then they they didn't stop doing it and then they've tweeted a video of the team playing inner sandman in the locker room and dancing to it and then then they shot a video of a little fender amp playing and someone playing the riff this i saw yeah and then the stupid feet of the leprechaun whatever fucking mascot comes and un- unplugs the guitar from the amp and then drops his little goofy hat on the amp. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it was a bit much. So my point is, is that it was funny and then it was not funny again. Yeah. Uh, For a second, I thought a Notre Dame thing was cool. Yeah. And, and where'd that get you? Yeah. Nowhere. So real quick, Notre Dame is ranked. Uh, I think they're actually number five now. Uh, and granted, we're not, uh, we don't have a college football playoff poll yet. Um, but they have six games left. And uh, those games are against Pitt, Navy, Northwestern, Florida State, Syracuse, and USC. Um, they are really set up to run the table here. Um, yeah. And I can't, I actually can't fault them for it. Cause if you, if I would have like, this looks like a really strong schedule on paper. It's got, it's got Michigan, uh, uh, Vandy, which granted Vandy is not good, but they're in the sec, uh, Stanford, Virginia tech, uh, Florida state and USC. I mean, that's a real, especially for a team that can play anybody they want. Uh, that's a really strong schedule. So, um, yeah. Curious to see if they do end up, you know, pulling out all those games where the playoff committee puts them. Uh, Cause it's again, on paper, it looks strong on, you know, by the end of the year, it's probably not going to look real great. So. Right. Right. Um, how's UConn um, doing? Can I share? UConn, they are not good. They have allowed 53.4 points per game <laughs> on average, not total. Um, are, how's their offense? I don't know. I didn't look. I'm going to guess bad. <laughs> I mean, they scored 14 also, against Memphis. I feel like that's... Oh, that's not enough. That's not good. Dude, you know that uh, Randy Edsel... Is that his fucking name? Their coach? Uh, Yes. He used to coach at Maryland, right? Uh, Yes. He, he left and then he came back. Yes. Correct. But he's the head coach at UConn, right? Yeah, that's correct. His, his, I saw an article this week about his contract. Did you see this? No. His contract is basically like me prop betting on Bovada. <laughs> I, I laughed, but I'm not really sure what that means. So every game he gets bonuses based on like dumb shit that happens. And it's not even like things that necessarily always lead to winning. Oh, I see. Okay. Like he gets two grand if he scores first. Like, <laughs> The fuck? That's <laughs> he gets two grand if he is leading at halftime. That's he gets two grand if he has more points per possession than the other team, and he gets two grand if they have more total offense. Uh, are they... like that's actually in his contract. I mean, it's weird. I mean, all of those things are good if you want to win football games, but yeah. I could see him like making decisions to like. Oh, I just want to get my two grand little, you know what I mean? Like scoring first, like 
Uh, it's fourth and two. Should we just pooch punt it and try to pin the defense back, or should we take a shot because I want my two grand? You know what I mean? Yeah. So also, I mean, I don't know the rest, like the base salary of his contract. Uh, but as I for, mean, it's high. Yeah, but as far as college football goes, like two grand is nothing. Well, so he can win up to $150,000 in incentives per game. <laughs> okay, never mind. Are they all broken but out I'm in just like, increments? Uh, no. Okay. So those are the offensive two grand. So the defensive two grands are if he if they have more tackles for loss, he gets two grand. If the defense has more points per or lower points per possession than the other defense, he gets two grand. Uh, if they have more sacks than the other team, he gets two grand. And then if the defense forces more, more turnovers than the other team, he gets two grand. And then he gets a bonus, a season bonus in points per game. If so, if he averages twenty-five to twenty-nine points per game, he gets a twenty grand bonus. Wow! And then he gets ten grand for winning. And then he gets points per game allowed bonuses too. And that's capped at 30 points. So it doesn't look like he's going to hit that one. <laughs> uh, I did the math while you, were, <laughs> while you were going through his contract. UConn has averaged 19.16 points per game. So um, That's below the lowest bracket. So he's not getting any of those man. prop bets. Uh, his base salary is a little over a million bucks. Wow. Wow. Okay. So UConn sucks. He, yeah, UConn sucks and he's four and 13 so far as a coach. So, um, let's talk about, uh, Georgia, but he did have oh. two. Yeah. Let's, let's, you know, let's all, please interrupt me. <laughs> let's stop talking about you fucking UConn. Uh, let's talk about Georgia tech. What? Yeah. Go jackets. Um, so Georgia Tech won this week. Yes. And it's been coming for a while. Uh so Georgia Tech yes, they've beat Louisville. Lost some games. Uh they won sixty six to thirty one. That's a lot to a little, as we like to say. Um yep. and this game, um, I'll include a link to the story in the show notes. Um but uh this game has been coming for a long time. Um Paul Johnson, head coach of Georgia Tech, uh, coached at Georgia Southern before he was at uh, before he was at Navy, which was where he was before Georgia Tech, and he was replaced by uh, Brian Van Gorder, who is now the defensive coordinator at Louisville. And uh, Brian Van Gorder moved Georgia State. Did I say Georgia? No, Georgia Southern um, from away from the option, um, and said some things that. Uh, I don't know. I guess they. I guess they pissed Paul Johnson off. Um, he basically was like, "We're getting rid of this offense. It's a bunch of bullshit." So, um, so he's been wanting to do this for a while, and boy, did he do it! Uh, uh, let's see. Um, my favorite stat. There's a lot of great stats in here, um, but uh, Georgia Tech threw the ball twice, uh, which even for them is super low. And uh, one for two for 12 <laughs> yards. <laughs> and uh, they rushed for 542 yards. <laughs> they ran it 65 uh, times for eight yards, eight yards per rush. Um, 
that is scoring at will. Like that is. It really is. I guess if you get over 10 yards per rush, every time you rush, it's a first down. But short of that, this is about as dominant as a team can be uh, on the ground. So take it if you can get it. Boy, right? It's incredible. Um, How do you feel about him running up the score on what seems to be like not that big of a deal? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I mean, I kind of love it. This is kind of why I love college football. I love it too. Yeah, like there's no... There's no like NFL equivalent. And also he didn't like come out and he didn't come out and say like, Hey, fuck Brian Van Gorder. I'm going to kick their shit in. Yeah. Like he just did it. And then most of us were like, what are they doing? And then I think the internet kind of pieced it together. Like, yeah, he, he, he doesn't like this guy very yeah. much. Uh, there's another thing, another fun tidbit in 2015. Uh, Brian Van Gorder was defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Uh, and they actually beat uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, but then in November 2016, Georgia hired him as a consultant. And his role was simply to uh, lend his experience to Georgia uh, based on his uh, experience defending the triple option to prepare uh, to prepare specifically against Georgia Tech. Uh, the, Georgia lost that game 28-27. <laughs> and Georgia... That's Georgia excellent. is probably yeah, yeah. at least 10 times better than Georgia Tech on about any given day. So uh, pretty good stuff. There. That's great. Pretty good. Well, should we go into some listener questions? It. I think it's time. Uh, you want to handle the first one or you want me to? I'll do it. Uh, this is an e- I think you should do it. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, this is an email uh, from uh, Bal Capcock, a longtime listener of Run the Draw. Only, 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 only uh, uh, multiple emailer of of our fine podcast. The subject, <laughs> the it's the subject chicken, completely in in non caps, Low, lowercase, lowercase. Uh, you knew this was coming. Twenty five billion chickens on Earth. What the hell? <laughs> Female chickens poop pee and deliver eggs from the same orifice chickens can't see anything at night <laughs> we believe chickens can see in color how the hell did someone figure that out over 200 million male baby chicks are killed each year chicken hearts beat 300 times per minute my dad re- <laughs> my dad really ate chicken didn't like the taste he had three chickens when he was young Rosie, Posey, and Josie, Rhode Island Reds. Maybe that's why. The average American will chomp down on 7,000 animals during their lives, according to the vegetarian calculator. It breaks down to 11 cows, 27 pigs, 2,400 chickens, 80 turkeys, 30 sheep, and 4,500 fish, according to the group. Um, There's a lot in this email. Um. Wow. Yeah, I think um so that's my dad. Uh he must have just googled chicken facts. I mean, I'm glad he did it. Cuz based on how much chicken he eats, if he knows all that stuff, he's got a problem. He should eat less chickens if he just knows all that's those true. things, you know. Uh 25 billion chickens. Um, What's your hot take there? New fuel source? 
My hot take is more related to the vegetarian calculator. Ooh, yeah, fake news, right? Yeah, I mean, first of all, what is that? Second of all. All right, here, okay, here's the thing. It seems fair. No, okay, hold on. Go ahead, go oh. ahead. Okay, go. Well, okay. I'm definitely going to eat more than 11 cows in my life. You think cows are huge? That's true. We're going in total weight? Yeah, I think that's how it's... It, I think, well, actually, I don't know. I don't no, because if you eat 11 hamburgers, that's 11 cows. So it's got to be, yeah, it's got to be some sort of equivalency there. But like, when am I eating sheep? That was that was what I was going to ask. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm eating mutton like that yeah. often? Yeah. Yeah. So I was actually thinking the 80 turkey sounds right because the average person probably lives to about 80-ish. And that's like 80 Thanksgivings. Uh, but that would be probably a little bit less than 80 turkeys because I'm not eating. Yeah, but then think about all the turkey sandwiches in between. Yeah, all all four. <laughs> oh, you don't eat a lot of turkey no, sandwiches? No, I don't eat turkey. I very rarely eat turkey outside of Thanksgiving. All right. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you go to Jimmy John's, you know, you're going four ounces of turkey. Yeah, I don't go to, well, A, I don't go to Jimmy John's. But B, if I do, I'm going to do like a ham. I'm going to stick with a ham probably. You going? You going on? You going a ham? Yeah, ham, cheese, a nice ham, Sammy. I might do if they have like smoked right. turkey. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I feel you. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack tw- here. Tw- I'm just gonna say, but. 25 billion is is like that is a hundred times more. I would have guessed. I would have guessed like 25 million and felt pretty good. 25 billion is terrifying. Really? Yeah. Well, dude, there's how many people, how many billion people on planet Earth? 13 or 8? What's Somewhere the in there. 9, I don't know. I think 13 is how old it is. Yeah, so, right? Isn't it 13 billion years old? <laughs> yes. No, it's 2,000 years old. Noah's Ark uh, 7. is 7.442 um, billion, so yeah. Okay, so 7.5 billion people on planet Earth. So that's four chickens per person. I know someone personally that has more than four chickens. So, and they're not supplying any restaurants with food. Okay. I'm. And didn't we just didn't we establish last week that we're eating a pound a week? Yeah, we're eating too much chicken. Yeah. I mean, I guess the note. I actually think that I actually the. There's got to be more than 25 billion chickens, right? Well, I think... It doesn't seem like enough. Well, I th- I, here's... God, this is one of the saddest things. I'm, we're making them as fast as we're yeah, eating I them. I think that's 25 in 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 rotation. <laughs> so that's our par level is what you're telling me. Yeah. From an inventory management systems approach. Uh, All right. What other questions we got? Uh, this is from London Shelley. Uh, my question comes in gift form and is in relation to Mississippi State's performance. Uh, let's go ahead and click the little tweet guy here. Uh, All right. What do we got? It's the page from, uh, uh, what's that show called? 30, 30 Rock. Rock. And he says, I don't understand what's happening. Um, so Mississippi State beat Auburn this week. Um like pretty well by a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't really know yeah. what Mississippi state is either. Actually, I know it. I'm sorry. I know what Mississippi state is. You are Nick Fitzgerald. Um, if he's good, you're good. If he's not good, you're not good. Um, 
he's your leading rusher. He's your leading quarterback. Um, you are Nick Fitzgerald around a team. Um, yeah, it's a good point. You're not wrong. Yeah. He's our leading rusher. Jesus. Uh, all right. You got any thoughts on that? Ran for 200 yards. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I'm glad that she doesn't have to give up on her team because I enjoy her questions. Um, they're ranked again. Yeah. They're back. So that's good. They're back. Mississippi State's back. Um, also their Florida loss is looking a little better. And so is their Kentucky loss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why not? We'll see how they fare against LSU this uh, coming week, which I guess is a, a ranked game that we are. Oh, they have a bye week. I'm sorry. That's not next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. They got good. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see. They only have two losses, and they're to decent teams that are ranked-ish. Let's see what happens at Kentucky. They probably will lose their ranking, but maybe not. What else we got? Um, friend of the pod, Mason Moore, Mason Seymour. No real question. I'm just excited to hear y'all's take on our ags. I'm sorry. Well, I guess, yeah, our ags. Oh, yeah. I appreciate him saying our, I took offense to it because for some reason, but yeah. Oh, did you, you mean like he, he was referring to he and yeah, some yeah. other folks, not like he wasn't being inclusive of, Aaron and of run the draw there. I feel like he was including it, us and I appreciated it. I also appreciated his use of the word y'all. Oh, yeah. Y'alls, actually, which is a pro move. Yeah. It's a, that's like a inter, that's like an advanced intermediate use of the word y'all. Oh, yeah. 100%. The expert use of the word, of course, is all y'alls. <laughs> uh, but there's only two of us, so that wouldn't have been an appropriate time to that's use true. it. So what's our take here? Dude, my take is that I wish that there's a big part of me that wishes I was actually a Utah state fan. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been watching their games and it's been fun. So I'm going to keep fucking cheering for them. But there's a part of me that's like, yeah, this would have been real fun to like, I don't know. This is, I'm going to sound like, I'm going to sound like such a baby, but like, what's more fun to like be a fan of a team in a power five conference that will probably never win it. And your peaks are just like the time that you might upset the national champ or something. Right. Or the team that is like a, the equivalent of like a mid major group of five, so to speak, or whatever the fuck we're calling it these days who might win their conference and might play in a bowl game being the representative of their conference and pay and play some other team. That's, I don't know. Like, I think a bunch of people in power five conferences are like, Oh, college football is all about Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Oklahoma, Ohio state, Clemson. And I kind of feel like the benefit of being a Utah state fan is that you're just like, we don't even think about that. Like, okay, cool. You're in the top four or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> like who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> There's like this, it's like, it's like this weird, I was like jealous of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you get you definitely get to experience the the sport in a different way. Um, it's almost like Montana, Montana State, right? They're like that. I mean, I know that they're FCS, and that's I'm not saying that like the Mountain West is basically FCS, but 
you know, FCS is like, oh, cool. Have fun, Alabama. Uh, we're going to win a national championship also. Yeah. And it's cool. I don't know. It's kind of jealous. Yeah, I think I think it's really fun. And um, they... <laughs> And then you also get to like, actually, you know, specifically Utah State uh, has been real close to knocking off a lot of good teams. Um, you know, they famously almost beat Auburn the opening weekend after they won a national title um, uh, with Cam Newton and then almost beat Michigan State uh, this year. So um, I feel like that joy is probably better than like, the joy you and I experience when South Carolina beats Missouri freakishly. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, no. So we, we love the Ags and uh, uh, they're looking, they're looking real good right now. So I'm, I'm happy for you and I'm happy to, to keep cheering them on. The last thing I'm going to add is if, if you're listening to this and you cheer for like a power five conference team, especially one that like, isn't Alabama, Ohio state, that isn't winning their conference every other year. I highly recommend that you choose a group of five team and just watch and cheer for them. Okay. What do we got next? Oh, all right. So yeah, you take this one. Okay. Um, so at the DA Powell, longtime listener, I think it's two seasons now. Uh, <laughs> what story is worse? Texas being quote unquote back or having to watch Alabama death march to another title. Uh, okay. So I actually love Texas being back. Um, I think it's hilarious and fun and I actually don't mind Texas being good. Like, cause to me, I don't know why I think this, this is probably wrong historically, but at least in my lifetime of watching college football, Texas being good is fun and like they're good. They're not, they're not Alabama. Like they are, they're like usually good, but like they're just, they're not like destroying everybody all the time. So I'm actually a hundred percent fine with Texas being back and good. Uh, the one, the one caveat being to that being the, the sort of longhorn network bullshit. Um, but I'm kind of, it's been what it's been like I don't know, five or six years now. Like I'm kind of over it. So, um, I love Texas being back. Uh, fuck Alabama. Uh, and their death, death march to another title is really well put. Yeah. That's back to back weeks with like a plus wording from Daniel death march to another title and should the word mocktails be a hate crime. Yeah. Oh Yeah. I feel like Daniel has a career in um, like writing copy for something. podcast questions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a joke. You're here. You've done it. So here's my thoughts on it. The only thing, um, the only thing I'll say is that Daniel said Texas being back in quotes. So maybe he's saying that us losing our shit over Texas winning games, even though it's not even clear that they're all that great to begin with is what's annoying and not that them actually being good is annoying again. Oh yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Right. Cause so growing up as a Miami hurricanes fan before I went to college for at South Carolina, uh, by the time I got to college in South Carolina, uh, Miami was not that great anymore. 
And then since then, I've basically had to listen every year about how the U's back and then everybody makes fun of the U for not being back. And it was just like, as a more casual Miami fan now, it's like so annoying that like there was this like binary expectation of like, you're either back or you're not back. And back meant like you're winning a national, I don't know, like it's back mean that you're going to win the national championship. Yeah, it's like you you can't lose. So as someone who, yeah. So as someone who had to, like even casually cheer for a team where people are like, Oh, the U's not back. And I was like, can't they just go seven and five? Like, what do you mean back? I would say that it's really annoying. That being said, fuck the Alabama death March. I would really like to watch Alabama be bad for like a solid seven year stretch. The, the only joy I get in watching Alabama just absolutely dominate is that the longer they do it, the more they do it, the more easily they do it. The inevitable Nick Saban retirement year, like post years are going to be so much sweeter. Uh, like, like no, like nobody, like I don't think I would take the Alabama job for like five minutes. And that's a lie, but there's no way if I was a real college football coach, I would follow Nick Saban in Alabama unless I was, Oh yeah. Extra. That Unless I was fame? extremely confident in my abilities. And I mean, and I mean, like, I think I'm better than Nick Saban. Like, if I think I'm a peer of Nick Saban, I'm not, I'm not taking that job until I'll take it two after him, but I will not take it immediately after him. You know? Yeah. So. Well, another, this should have made the stuff section, but there's a great photo making its rounds on Twitter of an Arkansas fan in the stands. Uh, watching her team lose 58 to 17. At least that's when the screenshot was taken. And she's wearing a shirt that says, I just hope both teams have fun. (laughs) (laughs) So shout out to that girl. That's probably a good shirt to wear when your team's playing Alabama. Uh, What other questions we got? Uh, Longtime listener, Mike Wong at the Mike Wong on uh, Twitter. This this is a great question. Uh, If your kid was a five-star prospect, what school are you sending them to? Parentheses, not including South Carolina. I have my answer. Mine's pretty easy, I think. Uh, mine is Stanford. Hit me. Uh, good football program. Good team. Incredible school. Like, done. Go to Stanford. Yeah. Um, that was going to be my answer, too. Um, while I was thinking, I was Googling the 10 universities with the highest starting salary out of yeah. school. And just choose that. Um, But that's Georgia Tech. And I think it's because they graduate a bunch of engineers. And I don't. My dad went to Georgia Tech. So maybe Georgia Tech. I don't know. But I like your Stanford answer. And also I live here. So then I could go watch my son play at Stanford. Stanford. Send your kids to Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. Stanford's the answer, Um, I think. From uh, also a longtime listener, Buck Sharp. At Buck Sharp on Twitter. What will Kentucky's record... His name sounds like a brand. Buck Sharp? Yeah, like if they made whiskey, I'd buy it's, it. Yeah, it's... Have you had that new Buck Sharp? It's a... 12-year? What, what is Buck Sharp? Uh, Buck Sharp is a uh, uh, artificial intelligence-based bourbon brand. Uh, we uh, we use machine learning algorithms to determine the taste. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Anyway. Um, no, he's, he's got a great name. 
a good dude. I like that belt. Where'd you get it? Ah, it's yeah. uh, Buckshark. It sounds like they make yeah. great. Actually, goods. it sounds. You know, it sounds. It sounds like a uh, uh, sponsor of Run the Draw, Huckberry. Uh, Buckshark sounds like their competitor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are there any good coffee roasters in town? Yeah. Have you had Buckshark? No. Yeah, let's check them out. They have really good scones. <laughs> um. So how many, what is Kentucky's record going to be at the end of the year? Uh, they're currently five and one getting their first loss this past weekend to Texas A&M. Uh, they have uh, Van, I guess that's Vancouver. No, just kidding. That's Vandy. Uh, Mizzou, Georgia, Tennessee, Middle Tennessee. Oh, the whole, that's the, uh, what's the, 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 the devil's double header there, uh, Tennessee. And then, <laughs> Double header. All right, hit me with that. Hit me with that drum. Um, and then finally, uh, fi- Come finally, on, hit me with the drums. Finally, Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> so I think Kentucky's probably they're going to lose to Georgia. So ten, yeah, ten wins. I think ten, ten wins. Uh, Mizzou's. They're going to lose to yeah. Georgia, and that's it. They're going to yeah. They're, they're going to lose to Georgia. They're going to go ten to two. Yeah, they're going to beat. They're going to beat Vanderbilt. They should beat Missouri. They're going to lose to Georgia, which let's be fair, also maybe not. But they'll move. They'll lose to Georgia. They will beat Tennessee, and then they should kick the shit out of Middle Tennessee and definitely Louisville. Yeah. And that's ten wins. They're going to go ten and two. Great. So, cocktail time. Cocktail Talking about time. how good Kentucky is is perfect time for this cocktail. I think. Um, this All week right, we're going to do, uh, we're going to do William Bill Muschamp cocktails. Uh, we're doing a special variant and this is, uh, if you watch the South Carolina game, you saw a lot of wet Muschamp or damp Muschamp, depending on when you, when you, <laughs> when, what part when of the game you were watching. Um, so I can go first. I have mine lined up. Mine is very quick and simple. Um, Okay, All right, so my my wet must champ is that's not a sentence I want to say again. By the way, um, it is based on uh, the one of my favorite things on the internet, possibly ever, uh, which is the fake uh, the fake um, guys American Kitchen website from like oh yeah, it's so one of the funniest twenty thirteen. So read this in was uh, Guy Fieri's restaurant in New York Times and New York Times, uh, Jesus. Um, I'm thinking about the review in the New York times, which is a newspaper. Uh, it's in New York city in times square, uh, which is a part of New York city and not a newspaper. Um, so <laughs> I'm glad I just unpacked that live in front of everybody. Um, so I'll include a yeah, link to this in the good. show notes, but it, it, it's possibly my favorite thing ever. So it's got, everything's got a crazy name. Um, but one of them is called Panamania. And it is a, it's 2450. It's a deep fried snake with a printed out picture <laughs> of David Lee Roth stapled to it and a star <laughs> and a sparkler sticking out of each eye. It's served with a side of Bud Light you have to wring out of a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> so the wet must champ is a Coors, is a Coors oh, Light dude, you have to wring out of a South Carolina script. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. 
I don't want to make one. There's no rules. You don't I have don't to. I don't want to make okay. one. My cocktail was going to be a cocktail, but then you weren't going to pour it into any vessel. You were just going to pour it onto a t-shirt and then you were going to ring it into a glass. So Any any classic cocktail, <laughs> old-fashioned, negroni. Just never do it. mind. It was too I guess it was too obvious in hindsight. Uh, so uh all right, let's do picks. Um so let's talk about let's last week. Uh last week, you, I, and my two children all went five and two. Um so great week for all of Hooray. us. Um that brings you to 16, 18, and one, brings me to 21, 13, and one. It brings my son Jonah to 17 and 8. And it brings my youngest son, Elijah, to 15 and 10. So um, doing pretty well there, everybody. So um, let's start out with uh, probably the biggest game, possibly. I don't know. Uh, number two, Georgia. Number two, Georgia at number 13, LSU. Georgia's seven-point favorite. Who you got? Uh, I'm taking Georgia. You said, sorry, spoiler alert. You said this was free money before the podcast. Um, I don't know that it's quite free money, but I think it's it's probably the most free money there is on the on the lineup that we're gonna pick. I think LSU is getting a lot of credit, and maybe they should, but they also maybe they should. Yeah, this line. So this line, this line is probably at least ten points by the time this kicks off. Uh, yeah, that's the tr- that's the other thing too. As someone yeah. who bets on sports. Yep. Oh yeah. Do it on 100%. Sunday. Um, Georgia, Georgia by twenty-one. This is gonna be a blowout. Yeah. Wow. Bold. All right. Well, up next we've got number seven, Washington. Washington, uh, favored by three and a half points at number seventeen, Oregon. Yeah. Um, I uh, I have problems with both of these teams, so this is a hard one to pick. But I'm going. Um, I think I'm going to take Washington to win by more than three and a half. I, this, I mean, this is almost a pick 'em to me, but I feel a little better about Washington overall. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Washington. Cool. Uh, I'm gonna take Oregon. I don't really have a good. I don't really have a reason. It's at home. I like Mario Cristobal. I've watched zero Oregon football this year. Go, Go Ducks. Ducks. Um, up next, we have number 15, Wisconsin, at number 12, Michigan. Michigan's favored by six and a half. Hmm. Well, Wisconsin is the champion almost every season of being the, is Wisconsin good? We're constantly asking that question. I don't even know. I don't know what to do with Michigan. I don't know. This feels like a game that fucking Harbaugh loses. I'm going to take Wisconsin. Oh, wow. um, I'm going to take Michigan. I And this is, God, this is terrible. This is not a good reason to do this. And I, just as I thought of this, I realized it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, so Wisconsin's one loss is to BYU at home. Uh, BYU lost by 25 points to Utah State. So not only is Michigan better than Wisconsin, Utah State is better than Wisconsin. So I'm going to, I'm going Wolverines here. (laughs) 
Uh, speaking of Utah right. State, uh, up next we have UNLV at Utah State. Uh, Utah State is favored by 23.5 football points. Uh, who you got here? That seems like a lot. I uh, You're going to be very surprised when I say this. I don't know how bad UNLV is. My guess is... <laughs> My guess is pretty bad, but uh, you may also be surprised to hear that I don't watch a ton of UNLV. I'm sorry, what? I thought um, I thought we were friends. Okay, so UNLV lost to Southern <laughs> UNLV lost to Southern Cal by 22 points to open the season, and UNLV put up 52 in a win against UTEP and 46 against a team called PVNM, which Purview. sounds like a, like a like a sex act. Um, and then twenty against Arkansas State, and then fifth they lo- they what? Hmm. Anyways, this analysis is not interesting. Uh, I'm going to take UNLV. Ooh, okay. I think they get their asses kicked by Utah State, but it's going to be less than twenty four points. That's what I think. Um, I may regret this decision, but yeah, that's a pretty solid. Uh, pick i'm gonna take utah state partly for interest and partly because uh, i think i think our i think our our beautiful aggies are just high on life right now and i think they're just gonna murder unlv um by at least 25 points (laughs) sweet sweet um why don't you call this one and i'm gonna check the record books real fast while you announce it well, you should throw out the record books because Texas A&M is playing their permanent rival in the East, South Carolina. Uh, this game is at South Carolina. And what you're showing me in our notes is that this game is a pick Yeah, that doesn't, is, I don't know if it's a pick or they haven't announced the odds yet, but I can't find anything that says any line on this game. So we're going to uh, do it as okay. a pick because that's what we got. We're gonna do it live. Fuck it, we'll do, do it, it live. live. Uh, All right, what do you got for me? Who are you taking? And what uh, so I was just researching, researching the odds. I was checking a few other places. Um, I am going to take. So there's no way yeah. there's gonna be a pick. I'm just as a heads up. I don't have the line in front of me. That but, doesn't seem right. Well, um, let's guess. Let's guess a line, and we can do it both ways. How's that? What do you think? I think it's going to be Texas by A&M nine. by nine. Uh, I mean, they just beat Kentucky. They're ranked like in the top yeah. twenty-five. That's. I'm going to say okay. So let's pick. Let's pick the line too. Let's see who's closer. You're saying by nine. I'm going to say. It's going to open. Yeah. There. So we'll check it tomorrow. I think. Um, I think it's more in like five or six. I'll say five. I'll say four and a half. I never see five. I'll say four and a half. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say four and a half. So we'll have that as a side bet. Okay. Um, I'm going to take, as a pick them, I'm going to take A&M. As much as it pains me to say that, and it does, I'm going to take A&M. Mm. Um, I, I do think South Carolina is kind of riding a high a little bit, and that might, that could go well, potentially, but um, 
it's just hard. We, we barely won a game that we really shouldn't have won. And now we're playing a better team. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's, it's good news for us. Yeah. Um, the flip side is Kentucky took them, played them pretty close. And I feel like we feel like we played Kentucky pretty close given the four turnovers. So in a straight up pick them, I'd probably have to choose Texas A&M, but anything less than if it were nine points, I'm taking, I would take South Carolina plus nine, but in a pick them, I'm going to take A&M. I'm going to just to be complete. Um, I think I'm still taking A&M at four and a half. So I'm going to write that down. Um, it'll be interesting though. Um, do you have anything good to eat or drink this week? I did on a lot of stuff. Uh, on Friday, I went to uh, a restaurant called Forthright. They are a local restaurant here in San Jose, actually Campbell, just the kind of neighborhood we live in. It's like an oyster oyster bar, but they do some seafood and stuff and they put out some really solid food. And so I took a bottle of wine there because um, I had kind of a long Friday and I wanted to enjoy myself. So I took a bottle of the cruise wine, uh, sparkling pet nat Valdegui, yeah. which you and I drank. I lots have a couple of bottles right here too. You visited last year for Thanksgiving. We ate it. Um, dude, it's so good. So that's kind of an orange wine. It's kind of kind of like a cool orange color to it. And then it's a pet nat. So it's sparkling. Um, I had that. And then I ordered a dozen oysters for myself and that was really fun. And then I had a fresh uh, seafood linguine that had, it was really fucking good. The broth was basically, or not the broth, but the sauce was basically just like olive oil, um, roasted cherry tomatoes in the pan, garlic, and then um, raw octopus, and then the um, clams and mussels yeah. um, just kind of opened up you know? Um, and then of course cook through as they were like pan tossing it or whatever. It was really fucking good. And then they'd make their own pasta. So fresh linguine or whatever. It was really good. Had them add a little trezo in it for just to step it up. It was really good. It's kind of salty, kind of spicy. It was great. Cause like that, Going back to that wine, it just drinks well, like straight across the menu. Like you could basically have anything. Great. With yeah, that, that wine, awesome. it's going to be on point. Um, What'd you have? You know what? I didn't have anything super notable this week, but I did have something really fun that I and funny that I didn't uh, mention last week, uh, which I, I was at that wedding. Um, and I mentioned the barbecue I had at the wedding. Um, but the, um, so the bride and groom, uh, have a sort of like pop-up thing they do called weenie. It's called weenie wizard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so everything is hot dog based. And so they have hot dogs. Okay. They have, uh, they have like a vegan cool. hot dog and they have, you can also get like a braised carrot as your hot dog. If you're, you know, not a meat eater, 
but then all of the sort of like toppings and accoutrement are, or sort of what they focus on. And then it's, uh, they typically do it like on a theme. So it would be like a movie or, uh, you know, something like that. So, um, so they're like, you know, they're, they're food people, uh, you know, they work in restaurants and that kind of stuff too. So, um, but one of the things their family does is this, this like, it's, I think this is hilarious. So it's, I'll just describe it, but it's, it's a bunch of Velveeta cheese, right? Like put in a slow cooker. Um, mm-hmm. and then you add langoustines okay. and sherry and it's like a dip. So you just like dip crackers in it. Right. And it's, it's really good. Like ah. it's, it's, I don't know. Like, okay, here's the thing. Velveeta is delicious, <laughs> but you never want to be like, Oh, I'm just like eating Velveeta. Like that's not a thing you want to do generally as like a, a healthy, happy human being. Right. But the langoustine sort of like, you know, kind of jazz it up a little bit, you know, you put a little bow tie on it. Um, but so the day after the wedding, okay. So first of all, they, they themselves actually basically the groom catered, his own um, rehearsal dinner for like a lot of like 40, 50 people. Um, oh, that's probably more. Yeah. But so he, he made like these giant, exhausting. awesome short ribs. And so there were some left over. So on Sunday after the wedding, uh, we were watching football and he was like, I'm just gonna make some sandwiches. So he made short rib sandwiches and the topping was the Velveeta langoustines. <laughs> and it was oh it was gosh. awesome it was really tasty and like definitely something i haven't eaten before and something i probably won't eat again and uh so it was really fun uh yeah it's definitely, it's de- yeah, it's definitely a very specific niche, right? thing so but you get your it's kind of like a surf and turf sandwich uh plus velveeta so um and i had i had some good wine as we were starting the podcast tbd what it was actually called but uh nice nice orange wine and i also had a uh, a sparkling, well, a pet nat of rosé of something earlier today that was also really tasty. So, killing the wine game today, yeah. Dude, killing it. Killing the game. Yeah, is it the end? Well, I think we did it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Um, okay. Well, don't forget to uh, go to underarmor.com, use code uh, run the draw checkout, get some uh, waterproof gloves. Uh, check us out on iTunes, uh, uh, Tinder, Delectable, Facebook, email, run the draw podcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, I think that's it, right? All right, great. Here's the outro. Yeah, we did it. <laughs> <laughs>